This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Hey, I'm Grant Hardy, and welcome to the Headlines segment. I tackle everything from health and lifestyle to accessibility and tech. I have it all right here on Kelly and Ramia. You know, it's um, still funny to me, Grant, to say just headlines because there's such a pile and it's always so nice. And I'm glad you rattle it off there. And so people know, but I caught myself getting ready to say, hey, oh, it's not all health. Oh, no. I know. Huh. I, uh, entertainment. I, uh, no. <laughs> I keep wanting to say health for one day, you know, lifestyle the other way, the other day. Sometimes I do kind of keep to that formula, but oftentimes we uh, shake it up. Mm. I just find I it, love it hilarious. I love it. Me too. And yeah. you never know I, what the heck he's going to, oh, I'm stealing Bill's lines. Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I, I just find it hilarious you talking about my studio quote unquote <laughs> where my um... <laughs> uh, we need to cut that i love that laugh we're talking about my studio <laughs> okay <laughs> see the the behind the, the scenes here he might be a little less glamorously yeah. yeah. describing you but that's okay that that's hole okay. that hole in the wall that looks like coming all shapes and sizes and variations. How did you sneak in here and look around? That's right. All right. <laughs> exactly. Hey, that's what right. we can say anything for studio nowadays, right? <laughs> Since COVID, anywhere's a studio. Okay. Well, I'll take it. I'll take it. Uh, time to get down to business. No fun and games here. Oh, wait. This is actually about games today. I <laughs> thought I'd shake it up a little bit and talk about an interesting survey called The Power of Play, which was issued by uh, the uh, national trade associations like the Entertainment Software Association of Canada. So it's, you know, definitely not unbiased, uh, but it was quite an international reach and covered people who play video games and some of the benefits that you get from playing games. So there were nearly 13,000 gamers all across the world. Uh, and uh, the majority of respondents highlighted a variety of social and emotional benefits from playing games. So of the Canadian respondents, 74% said their main purpose was just to have fun and play. Uh, but uh, other reasons included stress relief, reduced anxiety, and feeling less isolated and lonely. Uh, from a social perspective, 70% of respondents said games can help them make new friends, while 47% noted that games allowed them to meet people they otherwise wouldn't have. And people are even saying that video games can help them develop skills that can be applied in other areas of life. In fact, Canadians uh, strongly agree with that. Uh, we're one of the highest countries that agreed with that, like problem-solving skills uh, and other skills that can be cognitive skills and things like that. Uh, so according to this survey, anyway, gaming actually has a lot of benefits. Thoughts so far? Uh, just a, the perspective alone the angle of it being positive and not negative is interesting to me because you know you hear so much of the opposite right 
grand, just video games, violence, oh, the real life, you know, um, cognitive effect and social effect and isolating effect of video games. So I'm very curious about what the positivity is that they're pointing out here. Yeah, I mean, I do think that uh, it's certainly intriguing, especially the violence. And I've always kind of wondered if that's such a good thing. Uh, one thing that I certainly have heard of before is that it is really a great way to be social, like mm. even on mm-hmm. like Xbox Live. Well, unless you're a bad winner or a, or a bad loser. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like people literally you know, upload to YouTube or whatever, like a video of them playing and yep. socializing with mm-hmm. their friends. So it's it's quite interesting. But yes, this the survey is certainly well, not. Yep. And Grant, it's a survey, right? And it's people who are for or against whatever you want to say or game players. And I think I submit the thought that really we're not talking about any of the games specifically and we're talking about well why would you play a game what do you do what do you get from it yeah and people will say it's an escape it's a this the skill building in the way of whether you're able to utilize your mouse faster or something these are some of the things that we would in canada certainly say oh yeah and i'm not just suggesting it's oh it's justifying playing game there is always some kind of positive thing and i think a survey like that you're looking for what people would claim are the positive things. If you went at this and looked at things such as, do you think video games are violent? Well, I think if you're polling a bunch of people, whether they play or not, you're going to hear, oh, I'm sure a lot are. Oh, people spend so, especially if you find people who get tired of, you know, wanting to go out with their partner, maybe, and he's down there playing those stupid games or fathers and mothers, get out of the basement, would you Some come up and see what the sun looks like? Like whatever it might be. We, are, we can always find those who support either either way. But I look at this as saying, yeah, like I can admit, yeah, there are people who utilize some of this stuff and become really good with the computer. It's yeah. sort of like saying those who spend their time playing on YouTube. Let's be fair. There are those who create videos who become popular, who make money on it. And if you're <laughs> using money as a way of judging success, hey, he's or she's successful. That's, I think, how you have to look at this because obviously too much of anything coffee or whatever it might be, isn't good, right? Like you you spend too much time with anything, you can get into trouble. But there will be those who say, look, I spend 20 hours a day and I'm looking at at my bank account. Well, well, how do you argue that? Other than their health in 10 years because they sat in front of the computer 20 hours a day and, you know, are in trouble drinking all that coffee. Oh, I can never have too much coffee. Mm. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, <laughs> definitely this survey uh, is not unbiased, and they openly sort of admit that they're trying to counter other narratives, such as yeah. the uh, WHO, World Health Organization, apparently uh, classified, uh, quote, unquote, gaming disorder as an illness oh. uh, last year. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. one well, other but it's th- like gambling, isn't it? Like. I mean, I know some would say, are you ridiculous? People can lose their house, everything like that. But things, bad, negative things can happen oh, yeah. mm-hmm. from someone who's, who plays their games to it, whether it's physical, whether it is not paying your bills because you're buying too many games. There are things in certain cases yeah. that can game, happen. Game currency is a really interesting sure. one. Like this, I read an article about this and it talked about basically how 
I mean, like gambling casinos is always set up so that the house, you know, ultimately wins. But with gaming right. currency, there's no way you can win. Oh. You're literally just sort of pouring. Yeah, you're pouring money you into it. And you can but, do it every eight seconds. You can click, bet yeah. again, click. You can, like, they're going to get to, and I heard this recently on a podcast, they're going to get to where if for baseball fans betting on sports that way using electronics, they're going to be able to bet on every pitch. Strike. Is yep. this going to be a strike or ball? Oh, it's and already submit there. that before the next pitch happens, right? Based on the speed of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, when you consider some of the UFC betting and stuff that's out there, like it's absolutely wild how specific you can bet and how quickly in real time you can get to know, right? So anyway, but with this game stuff, I think that we're still coming from a pretty biased point of view of what we think video gaming is. And the, the article talking about just the broad scope of video gaming right like a lot of people who game feel you know uh well gaming like they feel socially Mm -hmm. well gaming they feel connected they feel like Mm -hmm. it's a communal activity they also Mm -hmm. believe that cognitively it puts you in a flow um which is an interesting perspective because you know i come from an anti-gaming point of view right like i haven't gamed interesting yeah i don't I didn't spend years gaming. I never got into it. A lot of it has to do with accessibility, obviously. Now there's more opportunity to game, and there's just, like, a wider scope of what video gaming feels like. It could be a chill, you know, VR experience, virtual reality experience, and it could be, um, you know, the the GTA. Like, the, the the scope is widening, I think, the more we think about it. And, and, and this item avoids getting into that because it's the basic part of it. What does it yeah, do? Yeah, like, Can what you is gaming Do you go for in this for an escape? Is this a let's pretend? Is this a how, how does it help you with your hand, eye coordination, whatever it might be, the positive of it. So because, again, like you said, Grant, there's a lot of negative that's put out there and claiming and i'm not going to say they're wrong there are cases where yeah it's unhealthy there are cases where anything can actually work out really well for somebody um i had one quick other point here to touch on uh just uh, something that uh you were speaking to ramia which is that uh one of the questions asked Uh, And people strongly agreed with the phrase, there is a video game for everybody. Mm. And Mm -hmm. the industry uh, spokesperson used this as evidence to indicate that games are becoming so much more accessible with things such as assistive features and hardware like uh, the respective uh, Sony and Microsoft adaptive controller. I, I... I I have to give serious credit to people who create accessible games for the blind. I really, really do. They are amazing. I don't know, though, if we are at a point where I feel like I could be a really epic gamer mm. and kind of integrate with everybody else. Like, Just because some, of the availability and the accessibility? Like, of- yeah, like there's some interesting games people have have really put their heart and soul into designing accessible games but at the end of the day i just don't feel that you can walk up to a mainstream video game wherever you know play along with other people you're kind of playing a very simplified sort of audio game and I was just curious about your thoughts, but I kind of don't, I'm not really a gamer and yeah. I don't get the sense either of you 
you know, really no. are. You know? No, but, but I, I, I'm, I would like to play. I'm a, always been nervous because I thought if I got into a game such as, you know, one of the sports games, like, you know, Madden or something like that, how would I get it? Because the concept isn't there. Um, and like they say, a game for everyone. Well, if you found something that's accessible, great. But also you have to have that knowledge that you can't just walk up and be good at a game. And you're Mm -hmm. going to get peeved off at it. You're going to say, oh, this stupid thing and walk away often more angry. And that's part of the enjoyment. There's definitely people in the blind low vision community, at least, who are absolute avid gamers. And that's anywhere from PC and audio gaming to uh, just keeping in touch with the consoles and the upgrades and the availability of stuff out there. And I was actually, you know, speaking to some people a couple of weeks ago who, you know, they had so much to say about gaming that I was like, am I even talking to a blind gamer? Like there was so much perspective and uh, knowledge of what's out there. So clearly, Grant, I think part of it is for at least the three of us around the table is just that we just don't know how much of it is individual, right? This is carrying people. We have to remember the the social part is kind of leading us, I think, to where we yeah. think, oh, okay, it's group versus that person that says, man, like we still counted people who played solitaire. They still were playing a mm-hmm. card game and people who like to sit down and play their certain games and go in there and just have that time on a bus sitting at home because they come yeah. home from work and say, I need my downtime and start playing their game. They're off to the races. And that is included in this too when, when surveying. As an example, you know, Mortal Kombat, which is ooh, like rated R, um, but was a game that at one point blind low vision people were playing just using the soundscape as their opportunity to feel included in, in the sighted Look, I did all community. sorts of that as a kid, playing yeah. the Coleco stuff or whatever and having exactly. no idea except going by the, you know, hey, yeah, I got a score. Yeah. I had no idea and Where, run to my dad or my mom. What's the score on this thing? Whereas now Mortal Kombat, you know, not only has its uh, some of the accessibility built in, like the narratives are audio described, the story modes are audio described, etc. Um, but they're, you know, talking about how to even make that game cleaner for people, blind, low vision players, because it's so huge in the community. Because we That's are a great. market now. That's mm. the thing. We are a market. Oh, they're aware of us now with everything now. Thanks, pal. Thanks, folks. Made up all the time. We'll speak, uh, we'll speak more about this with Marcus when he's on the show next, I think, tomorrow. Yep. Marcus McCracken will be here. We'll talk gaming with him. Hello, I'm Sean Priest. Join me monthly for Sean of the Shed, where I introduce you to all the technology that can be so useful to us as blind or partially sighted people. Find Sean of the Shed wherever you find all your podcasts.